dwarfing the mightiest, towering over the greatest. Joseph E. Levine presents Zulu. These are the days and nights of fury and honor, of courage and cowardice that an entire century of empire-making and film-making can never surpass. Uh, hey, Existers, DJ Phil here from countries that don't exist anymore. If it's not obvious from the episode title and the description that hopefully that Ed has done, this episode is about Zulu, the 1964 film which we're doing following on from our episode about the Zulu Empire. So we do recommend that you watch the film before you listen to this, unless you just listen to this whilst you're doing the washing up or just to drift off to sleep or whatever, in which case, fine, you don't need to watch it. But if you want to have a clue of what's going on, do watch the film first. All right, enjoy. It's time for Zulu. Countries that don't exist anymore, they used to exist but not anymore. Now you know what this podcast is for, it's countries that don't exist anymore. So this is uh, a special episode of CTDEA Movie Club. Yeah. And we just saw the film Zulu. Made um, in 1964. 64, like released in 64. 64. Yeah, that's right. When the Beatles launched their first LP. That's right. And when uh, apartheid in South Africa was at its peak. Oh, so there we interesting. Go. So as a result, you'd kind of think that Zulu would have every license, especially being made in South Africa during yes. apartheid and before the civil rights movement in America. Yeah. So it would have every reason to be super racist. Yes. Uh, and yet, I have to say, I didn't think it was. Or, or No. Or I didn't think it was racist for the time. Well, I mean, firstly, that the, the Zulu were not played by white guys blacked up. Yes. Which is, in and of itself, I mean, this, is, this is about the time that Sean Connery is painting himself yellow to suddenly be <laughs> Japanese in, I think, Dr. No. No, it was You Only Live Twice. You I know that because I watched it the other day with my housemate. Yes, and it was you, spectacular. you Only Live Rice. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what he would have called it. Mr. Bonson, we must make you into a Japanese yeah, person. Japaneseification. Oh, okay, then I should put on a slanty <laughs> eyebrows and a wig. No. <laughs> how, do, how do we hide my mash of torture? <laughs> totally now, Mr. Bond, you are Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that we, didn't we, happen in this show. Yeah, we were. We were definitely. The film is uh, fifty years old. Um, yeah. Or was it sixty years? Where are we at now? Sixty. Sixty, 60 years old. This year. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Sixtieth um, anniversary. So yeah, I think probably it's a more even-handed and fairer movie. Yeah. Of its time, I don't think you'd make it now. <laughs> no, no, I don't I think, think so. Especially not the way they made it. But mm. we'll get into that. By the way, I should say, if you, we probably have some visitors uh, joining us in yeah. countries that don't exist anymore, because I know that Zulu has a very fond place in the hearts of um, his, military history fans. Yeah. And what I did notice when YouTubers were talking about Zulu, they would say things like, "Look, I'm not woke, but." You know, a lot of what the British Empire did wasn't the absolute best thing in the entire world. <laughs> and they just have to say, you know, like, I'm not. Uh, no. But you've got to. I've, one thing I have learned um, 
listen watching and listening stuff on youtube especially like for example the diaries of the wehrmacht and the second world war which are very interesting yeah unfortunately if you go into the comments section it's a total cesspool don't go into the comment section <laughs> it's all Time like the, the top comments are like the wrong side one I'm just yeah, like, yeah what yeah. do you mean this is the don't cross the streams of youtube oh god yeah watch so, the video don't watch the comments so what i would say is for if you are yeah if you are coming to us from the wrong side of military history yeah. you might not like what you're gonna hear okay <laughs> but but um no i think on the whole it's the movie stands up yes i think it's still it's a good watch i haven't seen it in a couple of decades mm. and i was surprised because i thought i was it's gonna be more cringe than it than it was yeah which is a good sign Yes, because if I, I watched uh, Love Actually again recently, ooh, ooh that has aged. Ooh, that's aged badly. That's aged very badly. It doesn't revel, no, in uh, in empire and military stuff per se. Yeah. but it doesn't not revel. Yes, in the way that they still, you know, these the British soldiers under the toughest conditions are still forming lovely, gleamy ranks and yeah. and keeping their. Uh, a discipline and yeah, all and that stuff. Yeah, their buttons stuff. polished and their that, tunics done up. Yes, the, in forty degree heat. That's right. And on the other on the other side with the Zulus, it you know obviously it shows them as highly strategic army, not an army not afraid to throw lots of their men yeah. at the British for slaughter. Yes, but. Oh, and also there's tits in it. Oh, yeah. Yes, there, yes the, Ed's first comment was tits. <laughs> yeah. So right at the beginning, yeah. it's just it's one of those... You remember when you used to have those slightly racist kind of TV shows that would pretend to be anthropological? Yeah. And it would just be lots of black women's tits on TV because they're like, don't worry, they're tribal. It's fine. It's tribal. It's fine. So there was a lot of low padding shots of butts and then high padding shots of tits. Yes. And, and I know part of the reason for that was so that the Victorian lady could be scandalised. Yes, so they had a bit when they zoomed in on her eyes being Which all like, scandalised. Oh, they're naked. naked. I better cover my ankles pronto. <laughs> and speaking of the 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 maiden in the movie bit of a age discrepancy between that and reality yeah so the i think it was the the reverend wit is i mean we'll go more into this inaccuracies yeah. but we you know as the free flowing conversation goes on so yeah there was definitely they did a sort of uh, a brave heart yeah where i think the a girl who was about 9 in real life was portrayed as about 30 yes. or, or 25 yeah. or something like that something in the like movie that. and so she could be scandalized and go oh father <laughs> even though she's swedish but yeah. uh, there we go oh father the naked and i think that's the reason <laughs> because then we're not, that's the welsh fusion oh, yeah, yeah there was yeah. welsh in there they were, and i yeah. think that that right there is why the uh, Swedish guy in it was just played by an English guy with an English accent because yeah, well, in you, the, no in, one could do a Swedish accent in the nineteen sixties. No one knew what a Swede sounded no, like as before until the, ABBA. Yeah, until mm. ABBA and then the advent of various uh, murder dramas. Yes, everyone knew. yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. came much later. Much later. <laughs> yeah, I think these days they wouldn't. They would make a really long film, but they wouldn't have the beginning of the film. Mm gives you quite a lot of background and it focuses a lot about the Zulus in Ulundi yeah. and King Ketchweo, who's obviously featured in our episode. Yeah. So it, it does give a quite extended section to um, like a Zulu wedding ceremony. Yeah. 
but it, you it's know, quite slow. It by is. Today's standards. I mean, that was the f- that was the style at yeah. the time. It reminds me of Godfather Part One when yeah. there's a wedding for ages, and you're like, "What is the point?" It's kind of halfway through because the rest of the film, about halfway through, it then changes into the battle, and yeah. then that's basically the rest of the film. Yes. So it is a a long build up. It's um, half of the whole movie. Yeah, it's yeah. an hour, an hour and five. I counted of something that could have been done in half an hour, probably yeah. or less. Yeah, they they didn't in those days. They didn't seem to have too much worry about losing no, people's attention. No. <laughs> That's why they put tits in it, though. I'm yeah, sure. but I think that it's because you've paid for the cinema ticket because it's the only way you're consuming it. Yeah, so you're staying. That's it. Although yeah. they must have had it on TV at some point in the yeah, maybe 60s later and seventies, maybe. Yeah. They certainly had it on TV a lot when we were a kid. Yes, and that's, that's, every Christmas. Yeah, because for some reason Zulu was a Christmas movie. It was. Yeah. Any any ideas why? Well, if you think about Home Alone, it's yeah. much the same film. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just these two. Yeah, uh, savages attacking exactly a superior, technologically superior yeah. person. Because Kevin McAllister had a BB gun, remember? Yes, but if only the uh, British Army had had a load of micro machines, they could have left. Oh yeah, that would have been the... brilliant. <laughs> there was a moment where they accidentally opened a gate and there was a cattle stampede, but that was yeah, by mistake. That, that was wasn't by, yeah, like yeah. Kevin going, "I'm going to slam you with some paint. No. I'm going to put a nail through your foot." No, um, it they wasn't did quite burn down a hut, but that wasn't quite the same as the blowtorch. But no. No, out of, I mean, out of, it's weird actually, because in the strategy in the movie, out of the two sides, initially the Zulus are doing more strategic moves, you know, they're like doing feints, they're doing, we talked about the horns of the buffalo, they sort of talk about that at the beginning, but you don't really see, you see flanking attacks, but you don't really, they don't really establish that properly, because... It's more like they're doing it to say, see, we've done our research. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then in reality, they the Zulus are doing quite clever things. They're like sniping from the hillsides, yeah. and then they're doing a frontal attack, and then they're they're kind of outflanking. They're doing all sorts of stuff, and they have the elders on the hill, sort of like calling out orders. And then there's a yeah. there's kind of a response um, from the from. So it's very much command and control. Yes, and the British don't really initially. They don't really have the same thing. They just their whole thing is well, we just build up some walls and we just fire at will. Yeah, it's do you know that reminds me of um, it's one of those things where it's like the during the film there's that you get that fire by rank but it's fire by rank of two yeah and and then you get this the right near the end when there there's sort of three there's three lines yeah. on one on top of the other and that seems to be incredibly effective I know. And it's like do all, that at the beginning I know it's do just, it at the beginning that's like all special things it's like, just do your special move yeah just do that do down forward back back C right at the yeah. top and they're dead. <laughs> Why are you messing around with the other stuff? Because obviously in this film, you know, they've got to have that arc where it starts off as the British are fighting and then they're suffering and then they've got to to be extra heroic. They've got to sort themselves out. And, you know, Michael Caine's character, Broomhead, can then become more of a a real commander and a real soldier as opposed to a fop. Um, So you can kind of... Yeah, they I know they have to do that, but... I think the problem in this in this film is is that they're doing they're like very early on in the battle they're completely overwhelmed by Zulus and they're yeah. fighting them hand to hand and you're like you're dead yeah 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 if you go bayonet against spear 
get out of here. I know, especially yeah. like I think it was the the numbers. Uh, I can't remember exactly, like 160 or something like that. British troops, maybe. Yeah. I'm probably getting that wrong, but it's definitely it's no more than 200. Yeah, and it's 4,000 Zulu warriors. Yeah. So I would still go with the let's just, just bum, let's, bum rush them. Let's all just go, all 4,000. Yeah, it's not, they haven't got machine guns. Bob's just your r- uncle. run at them. Yeah. And then, yeah, you've got that. But also it's quite weird because there's one bit where the Zulus get on the hill and they're firing rifles and they're mm. picking off quite a few. Like yeah, they're doing okay. good shots. Yeah, so they shouldn't, they should just do that. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get into accuracy later, but spoilers alert, I think that's the only way they actually killed. Yeah, they the, seem uh, to be doing English. fine. Yeah. Um, the I think the movie it was good in that respect. It obviously had that three act structure. Um, you know, it had to have the the journey of the characters. Yeah. Um, it did all that. And stuff. then the, they're at the lowest ebb. Yeah, the lowest ebb. Yeah. And then in the, and then there's right at you know right when you think they're going to get killed. Then there's well there's a sing off during it. That's yeah, they cool. have a sing off. Throw down. Yeah. It's the Zulu. Um, I don't know the song, but yeah. against Men of Harlick, it's a bit of a karaoke throw down. Yeah. It's like you've been served. Should we actually have it now? Yeah. Okay, I'll be Zulus, you be the Welsh. Yeah. Ready? Get in touch, ctd at gmail.com. Uh, who do you think? Won that war. Yeah. <laughs> During that bit, like, don't get me wrong, I quite like a Welsh baritone, but they didn't have the cool little cool and response. Oh, the Zulu song the was rhythm, much better. Oh, it's brilliant. Superb. It's got rhythm section. Yeah. You know, they're batting against yeah. their, their shields and all that stuff. They got percussion. They, they got, got the harmony. <sighs> the Welsh. Men of no one knows the words because it's complicated. Whereas Zulu's just got chanting. So let that be a lesson to you. Britain, if you ever make another empire, do the chanting, scrap the Welsh songs. Yes. That's probably what ended the empire. Well, this is why evangelical Christianity (laughs) switched from rather dowdy church songs. To rock and roll. And rock and roll and all kinds of, yeah, all kinds. And then gospel in between. Yeah. Just to jazz it up a bit. Because it's boring. It is boring. Boring songs. Yeah. What do you want? I was a bit worried yeah. that it would be a rather tiresome old uh, war um, imperial war movie. Yes. But actually it was it was I think it was a lot better than yeah. I remember or or that I was worried it was going to be. Because at the time, I mean sixty four we've still got an empire but rapidly on its way out. Yeah. Losing colonies left, right, and centre. The thing is, it didn't say empire bad um, no. at any point. Um, but the, I think because what they do, which is the classic thing, they're like they just focus on the the stories of the soldiers and their personal yeah. heroism. Yeah. And for me, that's kind of a cheat because it is, yeah. because it's that classic thing of you know the Iraq War. Yeah. When everyone's like, I don't want to do the Iraq War, and then as soon as the soldiers were yeah. deployed. We, everyone would be like, you can't criticise the soldiers. And no. like, oh, come on. Kind of obfuscates the politics. Mm. Oh, what's this? So, assistant producer, Karen is coming with some beer. That cider. That's cider. Ooh, we were, oh, drinking, we were drinking hot tea. Ooh. Mm. <sighs> so, countries that don't exist anymore are sponsored by Magnus Cider. Yeah, pub on the road. Mm. 
delicious we've talked about it's not like pro-military but it's not anti-military it's not pro-empire it kind of just swerves that a little bit yeah but there is some good anti-war sentiment in there yeah and i think there is this um there's a lot of why why does everyone feel like this afterwards how Mm. do you feel sick there's something else i feel ashamed yeah and then they both realize they're war virgins yeah it's their first time out virgins virgins they did talk about it a lot like they'd lost their virginity yeah like is it your first time too? Yeah. How is it for you? <laughs> I, I felt sick and ashamed. <laughs> Very much like losing your virginity, actually. Does everyone feel like this afterwards? How do you feel? Sick. I feel ashamed. It's pretty close. Yeah. You're like, something's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do I do? What I do I do? Splurt. I need to learn a language. <laughs> I'm wasting my life. <laughs> Let's start off, shall we, with some of the cast of characters. Yeah. And then we can go through them and I can... Because here's the thing. We know this is a film. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. And it's really... It's normal for uh, filmmakers to take liberties with history to make a, a more satisfying narrative. And it's the story they want to tell. Absolutely. Um, now, the problem is they will generally use historical characters. Yeah. So sometimes that doesn't matter because it gives it some flavour. Um, other times it's more of a problem. So I, mm. I'll go through some of the, the characters in the movie. Yeah. And... Um, and sort of tell you the difference between how they're portrayed in real life and you know you've seen them too yeah so reverend otto witt yes um swedish reverend otto witt yes the swedish hello i'm reverend swedish otto witt from sweden the 60 year old drunkard yeah who's like breaketh the bow and snippeth his spear he uh, starts off the film with quechuaio at their ceremony in real life that wouldn't have happened because uh, not that Ketchwayo wouldn't have talked to Westerners, mm. he did. It's just that he didn't like Otto Witt preaching. Yeah. He wasn't into that. He was not on my land. He saw it as divisive. And actually, um, Otto Witt was very pro-British. Yeah. Because he thought it would be a lot easier if the British just go in and shoot all the Zulu leaders. And then yeah. it'd be much easier to convert people. Yeah. So we see him riding from uh, Lundi to Rock's Drift, uh, 76 miles in his car- and actually, if he'd left when he did, he would have passed through the Battle of Islam Wanda in the first place. So, yeah. that, that, you know, he would yeah. have known what's going on. There's also uh, Dalton, who's quite a, a foppish side character. Yeah. He's kind of one of the... He's... I can't remember what they call him. Not an orderly or something like that. But he's very much like... Oh, yeah. He's very, he's very foppish and a bit useless. Whereas I think we mentioned that he was the one who told everybody to stand and fight rather than... We've mentioned that in the episode. Yeah. Um, rather than running away. So he didn't do that. Uh, Chard and Broomhead, uh, yeah. the, the two lieutenants. Played by? Played by... Discount John Cleese. Uh, Discount John Cleese, <laughs> uh, whatever his name was. Is uh, Stanley Baker. Yes. And he does. He has, he has a striking resemblance. So uh, Chard, yeah, yeah, to Stanley Baker. Uh, and Broomhead is obviously played by Michael Caine. Yeah. Now, in the film, the difference between them in seniority is like a matter of months, I think it is. Yeah. In reality, Broomhead had been... He was still a lieutenant. He was well into his th- mid-30s, I think. He'd been a le- old. He'd been a lieutenant for 10 years. Yeah. 
Um, and he was the uh, progeny of uh, lots of military heroes, yeah. but he was described as a dullard. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, he was he was described by a contemporary as Brum- Brumhead is a capital fellow at everything except soldiering. There we go. Yeah. So he was he was a dullard, and apparently he was half deaf anyway. So. Ah, because they set him up when he turns up on his horse and he says to Discount John Cleese, he's like. Oh, you've not got a uniform today, have you? And then the guy's like, well, I'm just, you know, I've just been in the water. And he's like, well, get one of my chaps to rinse it off for you, if you like, make it a bit more presentable. Don't go to any bother. Yeah, don't go to any bother. It's no bother. One of my I, men would I wasn't going to say it, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell my man to clean your kit. Don't bother. No bother. Not offering to clean it myself. Still, a chap ought to look smart in front of the men. Don't you think? Uh, Michael's funny for Michael Caine. He'll come out to go, leave it out. Yeah. And oh, you're only supposed to blow the bloody oh, doors off. You're supposed to blow the bloody Zulus up. And he's like a fair fomp. Yeah, Um But yeah, both Chard and Broomhead were pretty useless. And But do you know what? One of the things, in this movie, they were both clean shaven. And in real life, they had fantastic Victorian facial hair. Yes. In fact, that's generally the case throughout the cast. Yeah. We, we lack many beards and terrific moustaches. You know, we talked in the main episode about it was impossible to be a governor without having a giant yeah. tash. It was the golden age of stupid, wonderful facial yes, hair. fat whiskers. And, they, yeah, I'm afraid the cast really didn't have a, a decent twirly moustache between them. No, you had Welsh Sergeant, who had some decent sideburns. He's the only one. Oh, should we go and come on to the Welsh Sergeant? Yeah. Colour Sergeant Bourne. Yeah. Uh, giant bear of a man in the movie yeah. uh, probably like about 40 or something yeah. in real life he was 24 the youngest yeah. colour sergeant in the British army and 5 foot 6 yeah so in this he's like oh come on boys get back in your lines and fire at the enemy yes exactly because the other thing about it is at this time the men of Harlech singing soldiers weren't Welsh because this wasn't a Welsh com- this wasn't a Welsh uh. regiment at the time. This was two years before. I don't know if the I didn't know I don't know if the filmmakers just wanted to do a rousing Welsh song. Yeah. Or if they just didn't do their research. Well, they there's no Wikipedia. The there was no Wikipedia. No. So but there was the Warwickshires. So there were some Welsh people in there. Yeah, because back then if you wanted to do research you had to phone up a library or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get it f- not even faxed over. You had to get it telegrammed over. Yeah, this is even before CD-ROMs. Yeah. So you before know, Carter. Yeah, before Carter. You you have to make a uh, a personal appointment with Sir Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> <laughs> Just one guy yeah. telling all, all the information. I loved it when we had Encarta. It's like, all of the world's knowledge is on one CD-ROM. Yeah. And I remember just the, the, the beauty of it is it had very slow loading, yeah. tiny bits of videos. Yeah. And it was just like a volcano blowing up. It felt like a Scientology uh, pamphlet yeah, 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 or something yeah. like that. Do you know, there was actually a missing character Oh yeah. in this. And he had... Cachoeo. No, but there were, there was, he was actually a giant of a man yeah. with a giant beard, yeah. and he was called Ammunition Smith. Wow. I mean, that is nominative determinism, if ever I've Yeah, he, well, they, we got the name because of it. Oh, it wasn't right, before. Okay. It, wasn't, it wasn't Christmas, <laughs> Ammunition <laughs> Smith. Well, if he comes from a long line of army people, then maybe, I thought... Parents like, Mr. What's and Mrs. Smith, what do you wish to call me? When he's signing up, he's like, what's Ammunition. your name, boy? Ammunition Smith, sir. It's like, right. Hmm. Could you straighten chairs? <laughs> yeah. We'll put you in the kitchens. <laughs> kitchens, yeah. <laughs> what's your name? 
Pans Johnson. <laughs> right, you're up front with the guns. <laughs> so that's a lot of the uh, so the characters, the yes. features. There are more uh, real life uh, characters there, yeah. but these those are like the key ones. Yes. Uh, but Alfred Henry Hook. Yes, Hooky. Let's describe him um, from the film. So he's a like a ragamuffin, ragabout, gambling type who'd been thief. a petty thief. He was like the sort of bad boy of the movie. That's right. Um, but he turned hero in the end. Yes, kind of Alfred Steptoe's son. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Father, father, father. Oh, he's rotten luck. <laughs> yeah, no, he's very much, um, he was very much that, yeah, the redeemed yes, criminal. The redeemed criminal. When uh, Zulu was premiered, yeah. uh, his Hook's family went to see the, it and they walked out. Ah, because it was not accurate. He was a, a teetotaling Methodist preacher. Ah. And he not only wasn't drunk, he cooked for the wounded as yeah. well. So he was um, a, a model, um, upstanding soldier. Well, I understand making a story exciting, but why did they have why to did com- why change it that ridiculously? <laughs> or just get a, make up a character and make him... Like, I know. I know. I guess what, he's got a cool name. That's the thing. Yeah, I, they could have. Cho- they had so many people there. They could have yeah. just chosen. There was one called Chick who dies. Remember when I go yeah. Chick? That Chick dead. would have done that. Yeah, Chick. Get oh, Chick. Classic to do it. Chick. Yeah. yeah. Dick the Chick the Dick. dick. Chick the Dick. Gambling chick. and stealing. Yeah. So that, I think that was kind of that was a strange move. Unnecessary. The, yeah. Well, I think probably what they wanted to do is they looked at people who had won. Uh, I think Victoria Crosses, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, George yeah, Cross, yeah. Victoria Cross. And then they worked backwards yes. from there. So they had to... But again, they could, there was Just, other If people. you're going to make it up, make it up. I know. Like, Just get someone else. Yeah. I think it was like a Davis. Get it to be Davis. Yeah, get it to be Davis. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we apologise on behalf of the filmmakers to the <laughs> late family of Hookie. And if any of the great, great, great grandchildren of Hookie, if they're listening in, get in touch with us, ctdapod at gmail.com, <laughs> just in case. I mean, there are loads of inaccuracies and we don't want to, you know... Do you want a nitpick? No, because it's, it's you know, it's, it's a movie. But of course, the unfortunately, the most famous bit with the, the salute... You know, the British are just about on their last legs. Then yeah. you, they look up to the hills on the morning of the next day, yeah. although fighting had stopped at 4am in real life. And they and then they salute them. Yeah. In a very weird move. Yes. And they say, they're saluting us, sir. Yeah. Saluting the fellow braves. Yes. And we said in the episode, yes, let's now kill 500 of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Left out. Yeah. Although the film did end there, so to be fair, it could have happened after. They could have done it after. Yeah. Yes. But there were no POWs. In well, the they film. went around. They went around collecting spears and stuff. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it was maybe. the the, the, the cuts. The director's cuts yeah. is just brutal. Just lining up row after row, okay. just kill massacring. Kill him! Kill him! There was no salute in the real battle of Rock's Drift. Yeah, they they did actually climb up onto the hills, but that's only because a giant relief column was coming in. So they were just like. Oh, I, th- a, I think we're done. A giant British, British army relief yeah, column. column yeah. Left that bit out. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's not because they said, you know what, guys? Yeah. We've had a great fight. We yeah. could easily beat you. But we respect you too yeah, much. Yeah. We've yeah, we've lost half our men. Yeah. That seems fair. Like, you no, fought really what? well, so all right, it's been a great we've had yeah. a lovely day. Yeah, we've had a lovely, lovely day. day. We've had a lovely day. Have a lovely you. day. We're gonna head home now, so you keep the place to yourself. <laughs> now you can take away this dishwasher <laughs> and this set of cheese knives. You've had a lovely day. And twenty pounds in a in a <laughs> in a bullseye pint glass. Um yes, of course they had to we said earlier they had to do the bull yep. bullhorns yep. formation. 
uh, in the movie because yes. it's it was you know it's a good little bit of history and if you didn't know about it it's that's interesting. What I don't get though is at the beginning the the boa guy says right here's what we're going to do here's the bullhorn's formation mm. and then later on Michael Caine is like what are they doing and then it's like boa guys well I literally explained this to you Dude, at the beginning of the movie I drew it I drew in it the in the sand on the stick. floor. What I drew? What did, I didn't expect this. What do you want me to do? do draw you a diagram? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I done that. You I a just diagram. Done, I done that. Drew you. I drew you a diagram. Countries that don't exist anymore. I'm going to ruin this whole film. <laughs> Woohoo! So Ed promised me that there was a there is a big uh, thing that undermines the whole movie. Yeah. And I'm, I, he's been keeping it secret, but I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Right, hit me. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. You remember how in the episode we talked about the fact that it was a piece of propaganda. Yes. And in the film, in fact, they sort of refer to that. They say we can't yeah. have two defeats in you know in when one um, day. Yeah, when Michael yeah. Caine does his best with Nell impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, they won't enjoy it over breakfast. Yeah. Looks bad in the newspapers and upset civilians at their breakfast. That kind of thing. And then he goes, Oh my boys, my boys very my with Nell and I in that boys. film. <laughs> boy. Hear me boy. Go to the others. I wonder if they got it from there. Yeah. Um but here's the here's the thing about the whole scenario. In the film, when they're doing the roll call, yeah. it's really clear how many people have been killed. Like it's a lot. Lots. And this makes it really heroic. Yeah. Because they've really been whittled down. Now, mm. as we've I've already told you, in real life at the Battle of Rockstress, I think it was like 60, 16 Brit, British died. Mm. Well, here's the thing. Here's the rub. It shows you at the beginning of the film, at the Islamwana, mm. them picking up the British rifles yeah. and then taking them onto Rockstrift and then using them. Yes. That couldn't have happened. Why not? Because the people who fought at Rockstrift, the Zulus, did not fight at Islamwana. Oh, different mm. people. Completely different people. They could have given them, couldn't they? No, they wouldn't have done. Why not? And there's another reason Ooh. for that. Oh, no. I've got this feeling of dread like I'm about to be launched into a Zulu war. Yeah. Um, the reason is, yeah. in the movie, you have Ketchweo ordering the attack. Yes. On Rourke's Drift. Yeah. He didn't do that. Okay. Because he wouldn't do that. Because Rourke's Drift is not in Zululand. Where is it? It's in Natal. Yeah. It's in British Natal. Yeah. Ketchweo, as we covered in the episode, he didn't want to provoke the British. Yeah. He had no intention of attacking the British. Yeah. And his whole point is after the battle of Islamwana, which was on Zulu territory. Yeah. He was going to use that to renegotiate with the British because yeah. he had the victory in hand, yes. and he knew that opinion, public opinion in Britain would might be against a continuation of the war. Yeah. If he could say, "I'm fighting a defensive action," yeah. he was a savvy man. Yeah. He thought, "I think I can get people on my side. I can get public pressure to drop this war." So he not only didn't order an attack on Rock's Drift, he actually said, "You cannot attack." Rourke's Drift. Okay. The people who attacked Rourke's Drift yeah. were the dregs, the over 40-year-old reservists who didn't get to fight at Islamwana and were pissed off about it. Oh. They were led away by a relative of the king yeah. who was also smouldering, was not going to inherit anything, you know, in the Zulu system. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So was also pissed off. Yeah. And he was like, well, why don't we get any loot? So a 
Dreg army of 4,000 broke away. They then marched on um, Rourke's Drift. Yes. Then not only did they not attack in some amazing whirlwind bullshorn thing, they just marched straight down the British lines into the British. Yeah. And not only that, but the British had set up barricades and the Zulu, did. they didn't even try and knock down the barricades. They just very slowly climbed over barricade after barricade yeah. getting torn to pieces yeah. by British guns. So not great strategy. No. And the people at Rourke's Drift were the dregs of the British Army too. So the whole movie is a complete farce? Yes. They walked very slowly <laughs> towards the British and just... It just, just took the shots? It took about a day to shoot as many as that. And if you bear in mind... that it's basically I, target practice. Yes. Five, and not even that good shots either. Remember, <laughs> only five to seven hundred Zulus, which is a lot, yeah. got killed in 24 hours. Yeah. So, you know, in the film, they're like, that first attack's like, we must have got 60. And they're like, well, yeah. how many of that? Of 4,000? Yeah. Well, yeah... It was very, very... I don't know how many 500 is over 24 hours, but it's not very good shooting. No. So, yeah, this this heroic action... Now, there was some level of heroism, mm-hmm. but not really. It was a really weak account from the Zulus, from the dregs, from doddery old warriors who were not even C-team material. Right, so let me get this straight. A heroic band of plucky British soldiers <laughs> take on the full might of Ketchaway's armies. Correct? Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the film. Yeah. Yeah, in the film. So this is... What was this? Is this a PR stunt by the British Empire? Basically? Yes. Ah. Yes. This whole story is bullshit. Ah. And... Piss flaps. Yes. And that, that's why the film is problematic. Yeah. Not because it's not a great film it yeah. is but it's a total myth and it's not only just a myth it's a political myth to save a government so it's not just the film isn't just a myth the, the myth is a myth yeah oh brilliant <laughs> well join us next time on Purchase <laughs> Exist anymore. um you know there's there's <sighs> there's no doubting that, history's written by the winners yeah there's no doubting that if you're 150 troops and you're facing off against 4,000 yeah so it's terrifying. And yeah, yeah they, they had to. They were there for twenty four hours. They were shooting. They were. It was exhausting and stuff. Oh, by the way, yeah. Um, you know, I, love, I got love the death. I love the. Deaths I love the death. This film. It's amazing. It's that classic pre nine pre eighties or yeah. pre seventies. Before death. they had like special effects with blood. Yeah, you just someone just goes. They're running along and then yeah. they go. Yeah, and that's it. And they clutch their chest. And no you, wound. Yeah, and you, don't, you don't even know where it's come from. I know. Like, What's that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is before like 1980s Arnie films where it's like exploding things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just like they're holding their guts, stumbling around. Yeah, exactly. All that good stuff. This the deaths are very noble. You just you sort of get, like, you contort a little bit and then ooh. fall over and you're dead. You don't you don't you don't scream nothing. You just go, well, no, you, Oops, and when you do scream, dead. it's it's not even because you're dead. It's because you've fallen off a small hospital roof yeah, yeah. And they just use, yeah they just use that Mur- murphy scream what, yeah, from yeah, Doom. yeah yeah like, exactly <laughs> and they use the same you could hear actually the ricocheting bullets yeah they're just like western sound yeah. effects aren't they it's like they're firing like rifles it's like yeah. 
countries that don't exist anymore. Uh, shocking, I know, that a movie wouldn't be accurate to real life, but there we go. But as it turns out, real life wasn't accurate to real life anyway. So it's all a load of bollocks. Yes, it is all a load of bollocks. Um, uh, yeah, it's a great movie, but it is a, a a total piece of propaganda. Yeah. And I can't help but feel, and by the way, you know, at me if you want, but yeah. I can't help but feel but so many of them got Victoria Crosses because yeah. it was politically a good idea. Yes, yeah, so it was like a hush cross, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. It was like, I'll give you a cross. Oh, well done. You don't say anything because exactly. now you've got it. Now you're one of us. Exactly. Yeah, we've been watching the traitors recently. It's very traitor behaviour going on there. Yes, yes. It does. It does. It does lead the question, beg the question, yeah. why effectively? Because the people at Rock's Drift were also the dregs. It was the dregs versus the dregs the versus dregs. the dregs. Yeah. Oh, the ultimate match. Mm. Except for maybe a few people like Dalton, a few people who are actually competent yeah but on the whole it was the dregs yes. versus the dregs yes and um it was made into like the greatest thing that yeah. ever happened yeah. because what had happened that morning was the worst thing that had yeah. ever happened so. so there had to be yeah. an answer mm. for the sake of the british empire yeah well <laughs> i mean it does also beg the question that i always wonder about they look good on camera the tactics yeah. but really you look at them and go well i'm not a military expert yeah but i'd rush. say just bum <laughs> rush. Bum rush. just rush in listen i what i would do is so if i were catchway yeah. i'd be like i'm gonna build right 100 right. mammoth tanks <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna get just a... command and conquer tactics yeah, exactly. just like stream in i'm gonna get an ion curtain no see um I'd send Ke- in was like the command and conquer ai yeah. it's like i'm gonna send in one uh uh car with a machine gun on the top yeah. and like three <laughs> dudes and uh then so they can be taken out easily by the defenses yeah yeah exactly and you just sit there you Let's get enough walk. tesla coils you're like yeah right. exactly. <laughs> you just sur- <laughs> surround the uh yeah. surround the wagons with tesla coils bob's your uncle <laughs> Yeah, so the, the the real life story was uh, actually quite a lot quite a lot like World War One uh, British tactics, which is march very slowly towards the That's enemy. That's right. That's exactly. It's the last until thing you're all dead. Um, I just want to go through my top cliches. Yeah, go on. Three was repressed Victorian lady being bamboozled by the natives all being naked. Sexy, 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 natives. sexy natives. Mm. Going, ooh, got to cover my ankles. Uh, top t- second cliche was uh, I can't load my gun because my hands are shaking. Mm-hmm. But now I've taken command of my men and therefore I can easily load my pistol. Yes. And in at number one, it's got to be, do up your tunic, boy. And then he gets, and he's nearly dead and he's like, can I undo my tunic now, yeah. governor? And then he reaches up and undoes his tunic and then he dies. Oh, I missed that bit. Ah, oh, great oh. bit. The bit that I missed was, wait till you see the whites of their eyes. Is, yeah. that, is that happen? No. It's from the American Revolution. We think it's never actually. Oh. It's never. It's we. We've. It's. It's bottom quotes it. I, yeah, I, yeah. It's one no, of those misquoted just, film things. It's a misquote on purpose. Mis- purpose because I, I. I watched the whole movie. I only went out once for a week, and I was had my ears open waiting for that line. I was going to give a big cheer, and it never came. No, I don't. It's not. Not really. I don't think it's ever been in a film. Hmm. Well, <laughs> listeners, if you have a watch of the movie, as I'm sure you will do, or you already have, and you can find it, let us know. Ctdapod at gmail dot com. Thanks. So my my not top three cliches, but my top three things where I went huh? like yeah. a dog. Yeah. At number three, Lieutenant Chard Chard said mm. to the Boer, "You can pick your own ground. It's your country, isn't it?" And you're uh, like, yeah. 
Mm, is it in about 10 years it's yeah. like natal yes. it used to be your country yeah. nanny ma buddy nanny tough luck buddy <laughs> um so that was oh I there's think... a bit of foreshadowing as well about the Boer war yes that's nice yeah they they do a bit of foreshadowing yeah. my second bit was ketchweo orders the murder of uh, one of his soldiers who's just stopping a carriage or holding up a carriage yeah. a bit and I was just like that's right I kill anybody yeah exactly and I was just like hang on it's yeah. just like oh savages I mean I know that they make a point of saying actually they're not savages they're pretty effective but, yeah but they don't not say that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in between strongly imply no, I suppose that my number one thing is the old class consciousness of a yeah, British yeah. British film. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, one of them is a foppish guy. Goes, oh dear, oh boy. Yeah. And the other side of it is more like the, I take my shirt off when I help my men out. Kind yeah, of exactly. Thing. It's got to be the Sharpie. Yeah, there's the Sharpie. Yeah. There's the Welsh one. There's the the dumb one. There's the young one. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Pull yourself together, boy. Okay, then. Okay, great. <laughs> great, we'll carry on. Boy. Boy. Yeah. Countries that don't exist anymore. So my review is obviously, and this is, shouldn't be a surprise by now, as a historical document, mm. it's obviously does its best, I think, in some places to actually include proper Zulus in and actually have element show elements of their culture and I don't think in a sort of zoo way you know not a a spectacle way like I think it's quite sensitive and as a movie I think it's okay I think they could cut the first bit a little bit yeah and I think they could cut them I think they can make cuts to it but I think it's a satisfying film and I think although the battle the fighting is a bit hokey yeah by today's standards i think it's still really entertaining mm-hmm. and i don't think it feels too long okay um and that's compared with you know modern films like napoleon and whatever else which i just think just keep going on and yeah, on yeah, yeah. boring like as a historical document not good you know obviously a piece of tawdry propaganda yeah but as a film i think it's really good and i think it's really entertaining yeah and i'm glad i saw it again and i think it really holds up great very well so i'm going to give it eight iclas out of ten nice mm. okay interesting and by the way that's easily the highest rating i've given any ctda movie club yeah i mean it's not had necessarily had a lot of competition no, so but we just watched <laughs> some really bad films <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are the classics? Come I on. mean, maybe if they put Tom Cruise in it. Uh, yeah, nine. exactly. Oh, he'd just take them all out all on his own. <laughs> yes, he's a visiting American. American. <laughs> and he's like, I think what we should do is something stupid. Like, yeah. I don't know if we should do that. I think you shouldn't be so hard on you guys. Yeah, he's like, I'm here for freedom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then it would be a 11 out of yeah. 10. <laughs> we'd be nailing it. So, so I would say, slow. It's a lie built on a lie. Telling a story that never happened, full of cliches, horrible action sequences. Nine out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just is, isn't it? It's one of those things where you're like, if you take everything in its own context, yeah. 
you can go, this works. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Like, great it's a, movie. It's a Love great, it. It's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. You don't have, things don't have to be great. It's just, no, they just have to be a great movie. <laughs> it's just a great movie. It's got good character arcs. It's got, yeah. you know, it's got some nice touches. It's quite sensitively done. It's well put together. It's just yeah. a good movie. It yeah. really is. So yeah, I would watch it again. I think yeah. it's great. Uh, so if you've seen Zulu, which I hope you have by now, then give us your review. Get in touch. Ctdapod at gmail.com or on the socials. Always the same. Go to the website. Let us know what you thought of it. And uh, if you've got a particularly impressive review, we'll read it out. Do join us uh, for our next episode. What's coming up, Ed? Wow. So we are going. We've, we are now retreating from uh, Victorian South Africa, sort yeah. of. Um, back and back and back and back. In time as back. well as space. Yes, to a very early, the civilization of the Minoans. Ooh, the Minoans. And we will ask the question, yeah. could the Minoan civilization, which existed on Crete in the Bronze Age, yeah. be the actual Atlantis? Atlantis. Oh, Ed, yes. I knew you'd go there. History <laughs> Channel. Eventually, <laughs> we had to get down to the History Channel. <laughs> could it have been built by people? Or aliens. <laughs> we'll find out. Find out in CTDEA next episode. Until then, keep existing and tell your friends. To, to make, keep, sure make sure that they also keep existing. existing. If you get in any battles with these Zulus, invading, just hold your ground uh, for South God's Africa. sake. And make sure you do up your tunic, do even your though tunic. it's South African. It's really it's hot. Really hot. Really hot. Really hot. Mm. Anyway. Zulu. Zulu. I don't think they ever say that, but no. Zulu. Zulu. Join us next time on Countries that don't exist anymore. They used to exist, but not anymore. Now you know what this podcast is for. It's for countries that don't exist anymore. Countries that don't exist anymore They used to exist but not anymore Now you know what this podcast is for It's countries that don't exist anymore